BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. For 25 years, Seth Lightman has seen it all. From the newest electric car revolution, solar power, bike lanes made in NYC. And now we are here. More electric cars, need for more renewables and eco-friendly products in our world. Well, now it's time for an all-out podcast for this time. You're listening to The Green Living Guy Show. He's funny, real, exactly on point. And some think his style is so raw, it's crazy. Let's do this, folks. It's time for The Green Living Guy Show with Seth Lightman. What's going on, Green Living Guy? And believe it or not, it's green out. The snow's melting, thank goodness. We're hearing birds in the background and everything it's sunny out and it's a good day and especially good day because i got my buddy summer rain oaks on the line what's going on summer how you doing nothing much just enjoying the same weather as you i hear you east coast lovely weather gotta love it god thank you sun (laughs) it's nice (laughs) we missed you we missed you it's been a while so let's see why don't we start off with just telling people really about you in that you are like the first real echo model in history. whatever that means. Whatever that means, (laughs) right? Whatever that that cockamamie thing means, right? In the new green revolution that's kind of popped out here recently. And you've got so much going on. I know that you're on the board of Planet Green, you know, the Discovery Channel television show, which I write for their website. Go to planetgreen.com, planetgreen.com. And also you got Tree Hugger, which is part of that too. And you got a book. We'll talk about that too. And, you know, you're doing your thing, walking catwalks and doing crazy stuff. So how did that, where does it all start? <laughs> how did you get involved? Where did you start off? What got you interested in the environment to begin with? Well, it's a it's a lot, I guess, to cover in in one breath of air. But uh, But, yeah, I mean, I think uh, even before it was, the trend was airing towards green. I think I just found myself as a young person just involved in nature. You know, you make observations now as you get older in life. And, you know, there's few things that young people, I think, are just naturally akin to. I think it's in our evolutionary makeup that, you know, we're very interested about if we see an animal or outside in the environment, we just want to be a part of it. It's something that really inspires us. The same thing with music. I think that kids have a natural inclination to music. And as a child, I thought there was something very special about being outdoors. I was that kid that was never able to come on the inside. And if my mom drugged me on the inside, I would take a piece of nature in with me. So so for me, it started with just a natural curiosity, a natural love for being outdoors. And I think that was then parlayed into kind of an activism of sorts. And from there, when I went to school, because I knew I was going to go to school for the environment, study environmental science, it was in university when I realized that I would not be able to reach a wider audience unless I was able to step outside those environmental circles. 
And that's when I challenged myself to step outside and I said, hmm, you know, what industry can I get into that I think is the furthest away from the environment? And at that time, it was the fashion industry. Right. And I started thinking like the fashion industry is, is just one of those great communication tools. But even more than that, it's better than a communication tool because, you know, as you know, Seth, it's just, it's wrapped up into environmental and social concerns all along the supply chain. So it was both, you know, christening for me in the industry, but also a realization that, that this is more than a communication route was something that I could, you know, help green up along the way. Yep. Yep. Well, we know that the clothing or fashion overall has a lot of work to do to get in that direction. I mean, I was just talking with some people yesterday saying we're finally now starting to get fashion shows at Fashion Week, which you never had before for Echo yeah. lines. And yeah, and you know, the, with any industry, though, it's like a moving target because everyone's like, oh, you know, I want to be able to figure out that green thing. But, but reality is like sustainability is about, you know, progress. And, you know, whether you're doing like a 100% sustainable product, I don't know if it really exists. So you have to just constantly progress to do better. And I think that we learn along the way with all like, you know, research that comes in, no matter what industry. And fashion's, you know, not immune to that. It's definitely, it's definitely an industry that could consistently progress towards something better. Um, but it's, yeah. And so that's part of how I saw my life moving forward was if I were to actually do this, if I were to represent a brand or if I were to model for a company or whatever I may be doing, I would want to be working with companies that were more environmentally or socially relevant, or at least in the spirit of getting there. Yeah, I think that, and we could talk about a little bit about this, but I think what happened with me and how I understand what you're saying is just the concept of sustainability starts from the beginning of the creation of something to when it's made and all the raw materials that were pulled together to make that, the industrial construction of making it, what kind of emissions, shipping it to the client, to the stores, you buying it, all those little aspects create some type of carbon footprint for any shirt, pant, sock, underwear, whatever the heck you're wearing or you want to buy, you know, and the goal is to reduce that as much as possible and or to try and make it as green or an eco-friendly as a process as possible. And the supply chain is something that will always need to improve on itself. And I think with efficiency and, you know, going green for a power plant or any type of issue when you're creating clothing or fashion, energy efficiency is only going to make it for a better environment. So what you're doing is really more than just dealing with clothing in some respects, you know, because if you're dealing with supply chain issues, you're not just dealing with the cloth. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's supply chain. But, you know, the other thing that fashion kind of throws a little curveball in is, of course, like the way it looks, the way it makes you feel like you have to be able to have all of that. So, yes, check the box on energy efficiency and all that. But if it if it's not looking good on you, if it's not making you look slender or skinny or one way, if you don't feel good in it, you know, it's not going to cut it. So it's just going to be dead on the shelves. And for any company actually doing some kind of product, and I'm not necessarily pushing consumerism, but we all do consume. So it's the idea of like if the product's just sitting on the shelves, then, you know, it's not really sustainable for the company. It's not really sustainable for the world because nobody actually wants to use that and to be part of it. So 
know, passion kind of switches it up a little bit for you and, you know, throws a curveball in as that could look good and everything else. Right. Yeah, and I'm particularly interested in how fashion or like any other business could actually help people, whether it's through sustainable development, sustainable design, going back to the, the environmental science that I did was, you know, how do these, you know, materials and how do the processes in nature inform design? You know, how can we borrow what we know from nature and incorporate it into the way that we live? And that may be a little bit, maybe forward thinking, it may not be ready for like public consumption because a lot of that research takes a while in order to translate into a product or design, but it's still, it's what keeps it fresh and in my mind and at least keeps my thinking a little bit more nimble. It keeps you excited about it because it's it's out on the market, it's sexy, it's hot, it makes you feel good about yourself and who doesn't like that? Feeling good about yourself? Well, I think you have to constantly, I think it's more than that for me, it really is about keeping you engaged and keeping you sharp and fresh. I mean, in a way of creating this language or this industry around being an eco-model or whatever it may be, being aligning your values with who you are as a person. The exciting part for me personally, Seth, was trailblazing the movement, you know, creating something from nothing, creating a language, being able to tap into a new audience. Now a lot of it is maintenance and it's not necessarily the most exciting part. So I think now, I mean, as leaders in the field or whatever you may want to call, us or other folks um, who are involved in environmental issues and have been for a while, it's like, it's kind of like the what next, you know, what's the thing that's going to continually push the envelope and you have to challenge yourself more being in the position that you are. And, you know, I crave, I crave that environmental intellect, the idea of like connecting, um, seeing more of the connections to our ecological world. And that's what keeps it fresh in my mind, most importantly, not necessarily that it's like sexy or that's the cool place to be. It's just what is intellectually stimulating that can then translate into a more mainstream issue or belief. Yeah, I think that taking just a product in itself or clothing or any type of product that's out there, the more eco-friendly you can make it as well as, you know, in some respects, the packaging is part of it too, but you got to make that packaging sustainable also. I mean, this t- sounds like the smallest thing, but it really isn't, is that I went into my uh, value drugs in Briarcliff, and they're doing everything they can to bring more and more mainstream-style sustainable products. So they're doing, like, the green works. They're doing all the, you know, as well as the regular cleaning products. They're doing as much echo products as possible for the consumer. And, you know, what's funny is that, A, when they got there, it was the marketplace meaning the people that were there that were asking them for more eco-friendly products. Mm. Yeah, we want it easy in our lives. Like we don't, you know, we don't want to have to necessarily throw away our plastic bottle, but if we don't have the infrastructure, you know, to actually take that bottle back and we just have a trash can there at our disposal, like consumers really want to be able to do the right thing, but it has to be easy. And I think that, yes, it comes from our responsibility, but the companies and the governments really have to play their part, too, to make it easy for that consumer. And I'll give you another example even from my stack of cards of just what some programs that I'm doing recently with Rainforest Action Network. And we did this whole Don't Bag Indonesia's Rainforest initiative because Indonesia is now like the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because it's relatively an underdeveloped country. And so much of that carbon emission is coming from 
palm oil and paper production. So all these vast forests, many of the forests on peatland are being disintegrated or burned down, and all of that carbon is going up in the atmosphere. And we were doing a campaign around it, and we found that about 100 fashion companies were sourcing their shopping bags from a number of these companies, Asian pulp and paper. And it's kind of crazy. It's like it's your shopping bag. It's the thing that you probably actually dispose of or maybe recycle when you get home. It seems like such an insignificant part of like the whole purchasing product. But all these like luxury companies were purchasing. So we ended up calling like Gucci and Levi's and Tiffany and H&M. And they all jumped on board and said, okay, we're removing our supply chain. And we're now developing a paper policy for the industry. So something as insignificant as like a shopping bag, um, you know, could be. When you think about it. Yeah, the amount. The amount. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. just the U.S. is hundreds of millions and, you know, Indonesia. I mean, you've got Asia, you've got all these overpopulating countries and products. It's not anymore a thing. What's interesting is that any single widget that you buy has implications all over the world anything. I mean, you think Mm -hmm. about a battery, you think about a toothbrush, you think about the scrubbing pad that you use in your sink, you know, the cleaning solutions you use. Every little thing has a direct impact. And the more greener you can make the packaging, the less, you know, more recycled products you can incorporate. Or, you know, in some respect, I guess for you, you know, the more organic cotton that we can use or other products like, you know, recycled plastics or hemp or any of those products that can be integrated eco-friendly style into fashion, which is everything that we basically, we deal with fashion from the minute we wake up in the morning, or at least when we get out of the shower to get dressed. I mean, you know, we got to get dressed, we got to wear clothes, we got to, and it's an extension of ourselves, you know? So you can't walk around naked. I mean, I don't know where you come from. You can't do that kind of stuff. So we got to get dressed. So the whole point here is we got to do it as eco-friendly and sustainable as possible so that, you know, the whole sustainability is just life cycle. It's so that there's a life here so that we can breathe. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's really interesting to see more of where the research is heading because a lot of times the consumer says, you know, as a consumer, what can I do? And it's very interesting. I just noticed as I was walking down Broadway that maybe you and I had discussed this before, but Levi's has their care tag for the planet and big print for the consumer. And, you know, it was very interesting. It's something that Marks and Spencer's did, I think, back in 2007, where it's like wash on a full cycle, wash with cold water. And these are all actually great energy-saving tips, but they're also green in the capacity that the research has been pointing that a lot of that environmental damage comes from the consumer because we're all washing our clothes, we're all drying our clothes. You may have kids that have grassy knees and you're trying to, you know, figure out how to clean this all and you just kind oh, of yeah. throw it in the wash and oh, that's, yeah. the and that's it. The washing machine is like an extension of our lives, unfortunately, in this house with two boys. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, I get it. And yeah. and we're not, you know, washing with a stone and pebble and a washboard no. in the stream. No. We have the luxury of using a washer and dryer. And so I think that part of it is actually educating ourselves about what we could do at home. And it's really not, I mean, honestly, I mean, fashion's kind of cool and glamorous, but like, you know, the washing clothes, just like one of those things that you have to do. But surprisingly, it's the one thing that you could do at home that will, one, help save your energy bills, 
and two, be a little bit greener on the planet by, you know, washing on cold water, trying to wash in full cycles rather than half, you know, half loads and being able to line dry as opposed to drying in the dryer. You know, these are all things that we can implement. And of course, going back to my old research of detergents, using a more environmentally conscious detergent, whether that's from like Echos or seventh generation. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, even when a I, story about eCover because they want me to try out their products now. So I'm going to see how great. good they are. And I told them that my wife is the judge because she's been through <laughs> some of these products that everybody's tried to hawk on me. And I can tell you right now, which is I think what's great about what Josh is doing on the Lazy Environmentalist show is, you know, doing the sniff test. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just talking yeah. about like perfume either. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, we want to make sure it's not too bovine. Let's leave it at that. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, you know, it's, and she's sniffed through a lot of bovine with some of these products that have come through. Well, the, you, uh, you probably know better than I would because I feel like I don't dirty my clothes. I'm not getting grass stained knees anytime soon. No, so no you're not like, doing that. You know, yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, most of the stuff I would say that it washes just fine. So. You'll have to put it through the Tide test, like the famous test that Tide always does on their commercials. So you'll have to, you'll have to do it with all these more environmentally preferable ones. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a great idea. What I try and do is my little part, you know, is uh, we do full loads. We definitely in this house don't have to worry about doing half loads. Let's put it that way. <laughs> We've got <laughs> plenty of clothes going around this house. And every wash is basically cold that we do. And Mm -hmm. now one big thing we're doing is, you know, like sweaters, of course, you don't dry a sweater. If I did, Mm -hmm. I'd be in some deep doo-doo. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you take out the stuff that you just dry. So all the jeans, which is very, so people listen out there, you know, jeans is very heavy. And when you dry jeans, guys, it's just really draining on your dryer, which only makes for more energy consumption. So you want to save a little bit of energy when you're doing your stuff. Take out the jeans and let them dry, okay? And also make it easy for you so you don't have to complain that when you put your jeans on that they don't fit right anymore. But the <laughs> point is, is that for people like me, that has to happen somewhere. Sorry, I'm, you know, not everybody can be as smoking as you with that body, you know, sorry. All right, I, I know I'm married, but hey, I'm not blind. Anyway, so, you know, you got to reduce your energy here. And the way to do it is just to be doing some sensible things. If heavy clothes can be dried... So that should be the tip of the day, right? If you can dry your jeans or the heavy clothes, dry them because it's regularly not in the dryer because that will also reduce the amount of time it'll take you then to dry all the other clothes in your dryer. I also, I actually hang up my jeans when I take a shower. If I need to wash them, I... Yeah. And actually, I learned that just from one of the premium designer brands that I, I purchased and they said, you know, you know, the washer is rough on clothes and oh, yeah. but, if you have something that's a little bit more special you know i just kind of hang them up in the shower and that's a cool idea that's a yeah that works it works. That works so now backing up a little bit on jeans here you did a levi campaign back in the day you want to tell people about that you did work yeah, with levi's was, right right yeah levi's is an awesome company to work with i actually just met up with them when i was in san francisco just last week it was great to connect with them they are they're a privately held company so they don't always get the good press around because they don't have like public information right. out there and they're not compared to other companies like the Walmarts or Nikes or, or Pumas or, or the like. But they are an interesting company. They approached me. I actually met some of the folks on a sustainable cotton farm tour and hit it off with them. And then they did their 501 campaign 
which was there just right around the time when their Levi's Eco jean launched. So I get to wear some of the Levi's Eco and um, the 501 day. They've been doing this since their inception, but they have their employees go out and just do one day of volunteering. Like the whole, all the companies close, even their stores, and they encourage people to go out and volunteer. And they've been doing it for like over 100 years. I can't remember when they were first incorporated. Right. But it's through the fabric of the, the Levi's brand. To and give back. To give back. To just, yeah, to give back. And, you know, I think it's maybe some folks are like, oh, it's a little passe to do, you know, volunteering. But they have environmental and social ethos throughout the company. And actually, I don't work with them anymore. But it's right. so easy to kind of drink the Levi's Kool-Aid because <laughs> they do have like such a strong culture of of giving back and you know they have a lot of people who work there a lifetime who really it's really hard for people to leave that company I think because it's it's you know it's nice it's nice to see that because a lot of us now these days kind of go from place to place but you know I know a number of folks there who are very satisfied and I think that comes when you value your employees and you have something that people believe in right right and I guess to do a quick segue there, do they do that too over at, uh, what's the store that you did the shoes with? Payless. Payless. Do they have a good yes. business at Payless too? Or that you, other, or the, they, the, or the other, like, big. level over there, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it's so, funny cause, it's so funny because every time you go into a new company, they have a completely different culture. And Payless is a culture, and if you walk into their facilities in Topeka, Kansas, it's, you know, it's very simple. It's very plain and, you know, very Payless. It's completely different brand identity when you go into these different facilities. What I loved about Payless, and they approached me, I think it's been over two years now, when they had this idea of creating a greener brand. And, you know, what was exciting about it was that they were excited. They have assembled a sustainability task force across the company. I've just been called to go down on April 28th to give a presentation to their whole corporate headquarters, the, the whole a theme for this year is sustainability. And, you know, I had gone down there a few months ago and presented to both the task force as well as the corporate headquarters, and it was just really well received. And what I love about this is that, you know, companies are run by people, and people are affected by their work environment, about the state of the planet, and about their individual lives. And they, you know, you want to be able to see how your individual actions connect to the greater whole. And so, you know, my talk down there was both motivational as well as practical in the sense of like, here's how we can arrange a sustainability task force for greater impact. And I just loved the energy and the excitement around the folks to do this program and to learn about how this program could translate into what they're already doing on like recycling initiatives and giving back to local communities and, you know, how this brand can inform other brands that they do. That's great. I mean, that's the kind of stuff companies need to be doing across the board. And I think, yeah, you know, it's, it's great. great that they're starting to really take this stuff seriously. And some companies have been doing it forever. It's just that they're, you know, a silent, or they're like the dark horse. Nobody knows, you know, they're like, you know, yeah. they come from behind kind of thing, you know. You can't be afraid to dip your toe in the water. And I think with I think as consumers, we're a lot more forgiving now than what we were, largely because I think companies are also adopting the idea of transparency, like showing that, you know, we're not perfect and here's what we're working on to get there and openly sharing 
pitfalls and challenges. And I think you see a lot more cross-partnerships with nonprofits and for-profits. You're seeing a lot of cross-partnerships with competing companies, which is surprising, or companies within the same facility vein, like the same outdoor industry, industry. Right, yeah. Yeah, the outdoor industry is all participating with one another. And I think that's great because they're set that there's an overall mission that we have to do something about this industry or else we're all sunk, literally. Yeah. Not just the Maldives. <laughs> no, no, we're all kind of sunk. I mean, climate refugees is a good example of that, but we won't get into that now. But, I mean, it's we all got to take care of the world. You know, my mom once said in a Texas way, because she lives down now down in Texas, you know, if there wasn't the environment, there'd be no politics. <laughs> it's true if we didn't have a world you know people like obama or barney frank wouldn't be around or yeah. uh, you know a rush limbaugh wouldn't be around and it's true we got to take care of what we're in so that we can continue to do and live mm-hmm. but just do it smarter and better and i think that we're getting there and we're slowly you know chugging along and it comes back once again to that you know i walked into the value drugs and i looked to the left and they got the sustainable Scotch right going on now. Mm-hmm. Scotch yeah. right, like the stuff that you use to scrub. I use, well, because I'm the one that has to clean all the dishes, to scrub the pans and the pots in the house, you know, and it's green. They got disposed, biodegradable. They got, I mean, and none of these guys are my sponsors. Nothing to do with that. It's just mm-hmm. the point of telling people. It's the point of like what we're doing now is kind of, and I almost bring this up every show, of identifying, look, we know that we got to do something, but the trick is now is getting people utilizing products and to know what the products are and where to go get the products. Mm-hmm. So you got Zach and Zoe going on over at Payless, right? Yeah, Zoe okay, and so Zach, that, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no oh, that again? Say that again? Zoe, Zoe and Zach. <laughs> Zoe and Zach over at Payless. Go check them out. Yeah. And you got your book going on. What's the title of that for the fans out there? Style Naturally. Style naturally, and I think I got a link of it. Yeah, I do actually on your page for your uh, interview that we've got. We've got a link that'll take you directly from the hot looking cover there. You click on that, and it takes you over to Amazon, your uh, Amazon book page. So we'll, we'll get that out. And any last next steps? What's your next step at this point? Uh, well, next step is launching a new line of organic bedding and bath with Portico Home. We're launching that this April, which is very exciting to the highest levels of green, which has been another great partnership to work on. And launching a new company that helps designers source more sustainable materials. And we're doing a private beta in the next couple weeks, but we're not going to do any kind of public launch until later. We want to just get some feedback from the folks that we're already working with on how to improve it before we actually go and launch it publicly. So all very exciting, but, you know, just more interested in helping build the infrastructure so that people have more options. My career has been, you know, great so far, but now it's time to build the infrastructure. You're going to turn it up a notch there, Summer? You're going to turn it up? Well, you know, take some time for myself and then turn it up a notch. There you go. Well, that's important. You've got to take care of yourself before you take care of others. I always say that. Yeah. Always say that. Well, Good for you. We'll have you back. We'll see what's going on as we go forward with this show. Um, thank you for coming on and talking to me and telling people what you're doing. And we'll just say Green Living Guy saying out. 
Peace. And think green and do it green every single day you can. One little thing means a lot, people. One little thing. Have a great one, Summer. Talk to you soon. Thanks. You've been listening to The Green Living Guy Show with your host, Seth Lightman. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.